The absence of fathers is an issue that has reached epidemic proportions, becoming one of the most widespread issues facing us today. It is estimated that one in three children worldwide do not have a father figure, and that touches us all. You can experience the absence of a father, whether your father was in the home or not, whether at work 24-7 or just emotionally checked out, you can still feel the impact of a fatherless life. In this episode of The Father Pursuit, Brian Elliott, co-founder of M46 Ministries, shares his story of what life looked like to have a father who checked out, to be a father who checked out, and the road back to redemption as he finds God, family, and purpose in the journey. Welcome to The Father Pursuit. This is an M46 Ministries podcast about fathers who want to pursue their children. As God our Father pursues us, we want to encourage fathers as they pursue their kids. And for those of you just trying to figure it all out, we walk this road together. No shame, no judgment, no condemnation, just a real look at what it means to be an intentional father, learn from our mistakes, and grow forward in love and grace. Together, we are learning to be the father our father wants us to be. Hey, well, thanks for joining us on the Father Pursuit Podcast. My name is Matt Davis, and I'm here with Brian Elliott, who is the co-founder of M46 Ministries. Hey, Brian, M46 is taken from Malachi 4.6. How did that all start? Why did you guys decide this is what we want to start a ministry about? Well, just, I mean, our family, uh, my family of origin, and then my life uh, in context of family has been... Um, Brutal, I guess, is a is the only really way to say it, and and we have really experienced the the move of God, especially between my daughter and myself. And Malachi four six just really encapsulates our entire story. That as I turned my heart to the Father, our Heavenly Father, in twenty sixteen, and began to to move in His ways and, and develop a relationship with Him, the that enabled me to turn my heart to my daughter, Bryn, in an entirely different way. Now, it wasn't instant, but that loving and honoring her uh, caused her heart and, and by the power of the Holy Spirit to turn back to me. And that began a, a whole new relationship. And so Malachi 4, 6, turning the hearts of the fathers to their children and the children to the fathers, it's a it totally encapsulates what we experienced with our Heavenly Father. Yeah, it feels like such a huge bridge and gap to cross when you're separated from your kids, when your hearts, you know that their hearts are not totally yours and their their hearts are not there with you. There, there's this disconnect and there's this, this struggle. And the hard part with all of that is we don't oftentimes know how to bridge that gap. We don't know how to get there. Um, and part of your story is really doing anything and everything to try to restore that relationship and striking out on everything that the world had to offer. Totally. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, we talked about at the very beginning, how my family of origin, um, did not, uh, did not really start well or end well. And, uh, and that with, with my father, you know, we had a serious tragedy in my family with my brother and that left him in a, uh, in a state of a coma with, a uh, a very, uh, just a brutal gun accident. And, uh, so he was like that for 24 years, uh, before he finally passed away. And, 
So that totally devastated my father. Now, I think we have to remember that every father, you know, we do the best we can. And my dad did the best he could. He was just, uh, he did not face the trauma, the hardship. And and he checked out. Um, it was overwhelming for him. And so coming home was very painful for him at that point. And, and then, you know, as he moved away from the family and none of us, uh, none of our, none of the children got any kind of therapy. And, and so our whole family, that whole nucleus was instantly disrupted and our family unit um, really upended. And from that point on, over the period of probably the next 15 years, you know, he moved, he moved away. I moved away from the Lord. He, um, you know, we started drinking and uh, he lost his business and uh, marriage and all those things. And, and that really kind of set the stage um, in my life. So when I got married young, right in university, um, you know, that ended very, very early on when my daughters were one and three. And so I instantly was shifted from a full-time father to a half-time father. And, uh, so my, my daughters right from the, the early point experienced a, a realm of fatherlessness and, and really, um, also I didn't realize at the time, but I didn't have the, I was not emotionally available to them. And I didn't know it. I was not aware of it until I began to to move into into more uh, healing and wholeness. Brian, I, I'm just curious too. Like you know, sometimes what we deal with as as adults, we're, we're dealing with adult problems, right? And so it's not like we can just go to our kids and like, hey, I'm I'm struggling, and, and let's work this out together. But um, just even for you as a kid, uh, and you're watching some pieces of your family growing up kind of falling apart. You're watching your brother go through trauma, which which has a ripple effect on everybody. But what is it that you want as a kid when you look to your parents? Uh, they're, they're dealing with their own pain. Um, but what is that like to be a kid and want that connection with your father, but know that there's just not that availability? It's really, really difficult because, I mean, as human beings, right? We really want to be fully known and unconditionally loved. And, and so, so to be seen and, and loved for who we are, like when a, when a father is not emotionally present, right, that you, you never really get that connection. And, and so our earthly father really is our first view before we know Jesus as our, of our heavenly father. So when we get that distorted image and, and, uh, and experience, sometimes it can make it much more difficult to, to move into, you know, the fullness of the faith and, and how we experience God. Yeah. And, but your family, uh, was not always this kind of broken up. Uh, you said earlier that your family, you, you guys went to church growing up, right? Yeah. I mean, for our early years, we, looked like a great family. And we were, I mean, we went camping every weekend. We lived, we grew up in the East coast of Canada in a small province called New Brunswick in a little town of about 15,000 called Quispam Sis. We lived on a river. So we were swimming all the time. You know, we were out on our bikes all the time. My mom, her passion and dream was to be a stay at home mom, which that's what she was. She was a homemaker. My dad was an entrepreneur. He uh, coached our, our little league teams and in baseball. And, um, so you know, by all accounts, we were doing really, really well until tragedy struck. Yeah. And so then you, you go off the deep end, your dad's going off the deep end. There's this break in relationship all the way through. And, and what, what is the breaking point for you? So you, that, that bleeds into your own family and there's brokenness there, brokenness in marriage, brokenness, even with your kids. Um, what changes that narrative for you? Well, I think the, I mean, I was, quite rebellious and selfish 
um, I had no idea, just like I didn't know that I was not emotionally available to my girls. I mean, that began to become evident um, when they started to struggle and we, we got into some therapy. Um, you know, I really thought of myself as a good person and I had a healthy dose of self-righteousness. And uh, even though I had walked away away from the Lord, I still loosely called myself a Christian, but, you know, I was living to my own standard and not the standard of Jesus. So, you know, that resulted in, you know, two failed marriages. And there was a third one um, that was coming, you know, later in my life. And, um, and both of my daughters were really trapped in addiction. And it really wasn't until 2016 when I finally surrendered my life. And I said, Jesus, you know, I make you Lord. And at that point in time, it's amazing how God honors that call and, and, a, and a yielded life. Now, it wasn't an instant full yielding. I mean, that's a lifelong process. But what happened was, as I began to read the Word of God um, for the first time in my life, I mean, I had read books about it. I'd been to church, but but to get into the Word for myself, to make the faith my own, I got into apologetics and really wanted to know, you know a lot of those things. And I began to become a man of prayer, and I had never prayed out loud before. And, uh, and I didn't even know really about heart care and, or the power of inner healing. I didn't know about generational curses or iniquities. And I began to address all of those things and understanding the covenant of marriage and how God designed it. And, you know, what happens when you compromise marriage and, and that covenant of protection around your children and, you know, compromise in my own life. And then I started to really look at, um, deliverance and understanding that and the ungodly beliefs that I held and the strongholds and that stuff began to, um, uh, to really surface. And I began to move into greater freedom. It sounds like you had a real life experience and relationship with Jesus for the first time in your life. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even know, I mean, growing up um, a Baptist and I would, uh, we would go to church, but you know, I thought faith was more of a, a mental understanding, an intellectual process of, of coming to grips with the facts about Jesus that he, you know, that he lived and he, you know, and he died and, you know, all the historical facts around that and the, you know, the accuracy of the Bible and the, all the, the findings that, uh, corroborate that. But I didn't, I, I, I always heard it was about relationship, but I never had experienced that. I didn't even know that it was possible. Yeah, so you write this book that we're, we're going to be talking about over this season called More Than Gold, and you did something maybe a little bit different, because normally when it comes to presenting the gospel, we kind of warm our way into it. We kind of slowly walk in, because you don't want to just you know hit somebody over the head, but you just said, I'm going to hit somebody over the head. You start off, you open the book up with the gospel. So I'm curious, what is the gospel? Well, the gospel is something that, um, you know, even as a Christian growing up, the I thought the gospel was all about salvation. And, you know, and I did understand that it was by grace alone that, you know, believing, you know, who Jesus is, that he's the son of God, right? That as, I, as we turn to him and we repent, you know, as, as, as sinners and, you know, and we believe that he, he died and rose again and we make him Lord of our life, then by grace through faith, we are born again. And, and that's the, um, you know, that's the, inception point. It's the beginning that Jesus shares the gospel of the kingdom of God. And, and so what that very first step is meant to move us into a, an entire life of discipleship and growing and, uh, and learning to become like Jesus and being transformed into his image. And I did not know any of that. So my book really is designed to, I broke it into a hundred small chapters. I began to walk through why Jesus and, and getting into the gospel and, and salvation and and it was just so important, I thought, just to lay the foundation. And uh, I mean, 
before 2016, if you said, okay, what are the scriptures around the gospel? And, you know, could you share the gospel effectively? I could not. And quite often I would search the internet and I would get bits and pieces. So I thought, well, you know, why don't I just lay it out step by step? And, um, and so it's there for everyone, because if that foundation is not there, right, then going into the deeper things of the faith, right, they can be a bit wonky. So I thought that was really, really important just to, uh, to start. I love that. A lot of us, you know, we, we kind of, if you grew up in the church, you have this sense, you, you hear like, well, Adam and Eve, they were in the garden and they ate the fruit and then God was really mad at them and kicked them out of the garden. And we need to now believe in Jesus so that we can, you know, so God won't be mad at us anymore. Right? Like that is an elementary understanding. I used to be a children's pastor. So that was pretty much what we, what we, what we taught, what I learned growing up, but really like what happens there in the garden in Genesis three is, is not just that broken relationship with God, but it's also a broken relationship with ourselves. It's also a broken relationship with others, with other men. This is why we have disunity. This is why we struggle with one another. And there's also this broken relationship with creation. Um, did Jesus really come to restore all of that? Or is he just, did he just come to make us right with God? Yeah, well, it's interesting. The uh, Like when sin entered the world, right? And then pride and deceit and rebellion all came in. And we look at even the word sin, right? Hamartia. It really means yeah. tragic flaw or to miss the mark. And really the mark that God sent, the, the mark is perfect holiness and righteousness. And that's reflected in the person of Jesus. And now when Jesus came back, he came to, uh, when he came to the earth as fully man and fully God, uh, he came for the restoration of all things because the fall impacted everything. And, and then, mm -hmm. so that's why he came to bring the gospel of the kingdom of God, because he, all the systems of the world and the people of the world and all of creation are meant to be redeemed and restored. And the great thing is when we come into to life with Jesus, we come into a new creation life. And that new creation life uh, begins with our, our, our new union with Jesus. So we're brought back to innocence. So the shame that, uh, that the rebellion and the fall led to with Adam Basically, what happened is man took over the perspective of Satan and saw God as a, as a punisher, and you know they they hid themselves with shame. And when we get uh, brought into the kingdom of God through our union with Jesus, we see God rightly. Now that's a process of unlearning some things and, and seeing God clearly, but we can now see God as a exactly the same way Jesus sees the Father. And God now sees us through the finished work of Jesus. So it's an absolutely beautiful thing that Jesus has done for us. It's, it's astonishing the depth of the gospel. I love that you're telling your story. Uh, you know, there was a little bit of a check even for me going into this when we first started talking about, um, do we want to enter into this together? And then even more so when we said, uh, I was talking to you about, okay, well, what is the podcast going to be about? And you said fathers. And I was like, man, you know, I, I think my kids, I think they like me, but I certainly don't feel like an expert. And you've even said that you, it was your own failure as a father um, that really led you into this journey. Um, but neither one of us have like graduated from father school and like have it all figured out. So is it okay? Are we allowed? Like I almost, I, I think I did actually check with my wife, like, is it okay? Like, am I a total hypocrite that I'm doing this? But um, why is it okay for us to share our story and to be able to even be a voice in this space? 
Well, I think life is life and, and life can be very messy. And I think that, you know, really as we open up and we allow the light in and, um, you know, this, my, my book, what I did is I actually shared my story vulnerably and, and openly and, and all the struggles I've had and the failures. And, and I kind of paralleled that with discipleship because it's a journey. And, um, so often, I mean, my, my hope is that people will learn from all the areas that I've failed and, and, uh, especially as a father and, you know, all the things that I've learned in, in fighting back for my daughter, I just want to share that with the world. And, and so, you know, when you get something and it's amazing and you want to share it with the world. So when I truly understood and experienced relationship with Jesus, right? I, I wanted to share the gospel. I wanted to, to share all the good things God has done for me and how he's shown up for me. And, and the, by the same token, as a father, you know, how my life has shifted and changed as a result of uh of my relationship with our heavenly father it's uh it's something that it's beautiful and and it's a i mean for both of us it's a it's a journey and we're going to always learn and and keep moving and sharing and and growing and learning from one another and and really failure is an incredible school so any way that that my failures can help others avoid a ditch i would be uh it's 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 it'd be a wonderful thing yeah the school of hard knocks is a good teacher right pain is a great teacher (laughs) Um, but any time that I've heard you share any part of your story, and you've always done it very vulnerably, um, but you also feel very detached from any shame whatsoever. And and so, and I, I know that you don't feel that, but why don't you feel that? Because I think some people they say like, "Well, man, I really like I was absent. I I messed up here. I messed up there." Um, what is it about you, your story, your relationship with Jesus that that frees you from? having that be attached to you as you share your story? Well, I mean, you you hear that, you know, the scripture, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And on its own, right, I heard that before and it didn't really sink in. There was no revelation into my heart. But when you understand the, and, and the whole name of the podcast is The Father's Pursuit, that uh, that he's chasing us down. He loves us more than we could ever imagine. And, um, and, and, and that love is, it's totally unconditional. And... So when I, like in 2016, I began to, my heart began to become repentant and began to soften. And, and as I began to, so when you repent, you're, you're turning your heart, you're turning from your old ways and you're, you're turning back to God. And he's waiting there always with wide open arms to receive us. And that also comes with a change of thinking. So as we, we, we truly repent and our, and our heart shifts, there's a change of thinking and then there's behaviors as well. So so what I experienced is true forgiveness, deep levels of forgiveness as, as I really softened my heart towards the Lord and brought all these things before him. And, and then there was also, you know, deep reconciliation with my daughter too, that, uh, I mean, we had been through so much and, and, uh, and just moving in forgiveness. Uh, and my daughter has been so gracious and, uh, and kind and loving and how she's extended incredible levels of forgiveness. And with forgiveness, there's incredible healing. So there's, I understand how much I've been forgiven by our heavenly father, by my daughter and, you know, those that are forgiven much, love much. And so the seeing where Bryn is now and where my life is now, the, uh, I mean, it's, we're looking forward, we're looking at one another and we just see what God has done 
in in suffering. You hear that you know, of redemption and the redemptive power of uh, of Jesus. And when you experience that and you come out the other side, like you're not you're not walking in trauma anymore, and you're not wa- operating in regret. Sure, I mean, we'd all hope things had gone better in the past, but you can't change those. But when Jesus redeems it, he actually makes it better than it ever would have been before. So my daughter's book, Dying to Live, and she shares that, um, you know, that all of her experiences, and we'll talk about those in later podcasts that, you know, really were horrific um, throughout her entire life, who she is as a result of that and what God has done in spite of that, it's remarkable. So the, uh, it, so God really does redeem and when he forgives, there, there's no shame. Our sin, as far as the East is from the West, and it's remembered no more. So when that penetrates your heart, then you can operate in freedom because you know the truth and the truth will set you free. Yeah. So you mentioned Bryn, um, and this is really a story of your relationship with the Lord. It's your relationship of reconciliation with your daughter, but you, you've had two daughters. There's Bryn and there's Abby. Um, real quickly, just wanted to where where's Bryn today and how is she doing? And and we I know we'll get to hear from her and have her in some of these conversations, but um and she'll certainly speak for herself with some of these pieces, but where is she today and where is your relationship with her today? Uh, in 2019, towards the end of 2019, Bryn was suicidal. She was addicted to uh cocaine, pot, um, went as far as heroin. She was uh on antidepressants. Uh, anti-anxiety medication. Uh, she was screaming to die every morning. Um, she was mentally ill. She was uh, probably down and out. She was sickly. Uh, she was emaciated. Uh, she would be up uh, pretty much all night and sleeping all day. Like she was inverted. She, I mean, it was just, just horrible. Backwards. And you fast forward just um, even just months after that, once uh, uh, Jesus really broke in and Bryn opened her heart, uh, the process of transformation was pretty radical. And now uh, at age 23, you know, she's been a missionary now for two and a half years. She's uh, going into leadership now with Youth with a Mission. You know, she's a co-founder of this ministry. She has written an incredible book that... Um, just and she is so raw and so real and transparent and in her relationship with Jesus comes out in her book so the first half of the book is really her autobiography and the second half of the book is really her testimony of Jesus and it's just absolutely beautiful yeah so with m46 um, we we have two significant uh, dates uh, one was the date that m46 ministries launched and then there's another significant date coming up and it's the release of your book. Why are these dates significant? And I know that you were very intentional about making sure that these were redemptive and kind of milestone mile markers for you and your life and just even testimony of the goodness of God. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things we'll get into a bit more in future podcasts um, is the murder of my oldest daughter, which happened in uh, 2018 on May the 23rd. And we were going to launch this ministry and it was set to launch on May the 2nd. And, uh, we didn't even have that anniversary date in mind. And somebody said, we need three more weeks in order to, to really launch properly, get the website up and going and everything we needed to do for Bryn's book. And we were actually all on the call and, uh, as the team for M46 and we looked at the date and it was actually May 23rd, uh, the four years to the day 
is when the ministry launched. And so God just had a, he had a redemptive plan. And then we were all just in awe. And then the Lord had given me a scripture shortly after Abby had died. And it was, unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, you know, it will bear much fruit. And you're just the promise of God of redemption and new things coming from that at a multiplication. And, and Bryn's book launched on that very day called Dying to Live. So it was a real just a, an exclamation mark of the goodness of God and the the redemptive power of God and just his faithfulness and goodness. And that's what we talk about all the time. And then my book called More Than Gold is actually launching on uh, March the 17th. And that is the uh, Abby's, my, my oldest daughter who was murdered. That's her birthday. So just beautiful things coming from, uh, and it's interesting too, that death always precedes life. And if we look at our, our walk with Christ, if we look at, you know, the, this, how life works, God always has something better on the other end. Yeah. Um, Brian, we're, we're really targeting and, and going after the hearts of men and in their families and calling them back. Um, why is there hope for any of these dads, wherever they're at, whatever spot they're in, in their lives right now, why is there hope for any of these guys listening? Well, I think in future podcasts, when they uh, when we get into some of the depth of the struggle and really what happened in our family, and I mean, I don't know if there could be a story that could be kind of further away from God uh, with just more tragedy and trauma and destruction and what God's able to do in that. So that's a beautiful thing about testimony. And testimony essentially means do it again. And and so when we share our testimony of what Jesus has done, and we're going to do that throughout this entire podcast, the it, it creates the atmosphere for people, for faith, for God to do it again. He's no respecter of person. So he can do that again for people listening. And, uh, and I mean, when you hear what he's done for us, I mean, it's uh, you grab a hold of that and uh, and he'll do it for you. Brian, thanks for sharing this part of your story. And there's a lot more to come. Uh, for all of you listening, uh, we hope that Brian's story has encouraged you to take a hard look at the impact of being fatherless and to realize what it can mean to be a present father and how we can actually go about doing that. We don't have to stay stuck in our past and the power of redemption that comes from Jesus is real. So join us next time as we continue our journey together. Thanks for listening to the Father Pursuit Podcast. We hope this time together has inspired you to invest in your number one discipleship relationship, the one you have with your children. This is a road we walk together and we know transformed people transform people. For more resources and real-life stories to give you hope for the journey, visit us at m46ministries.com. Until next time, may your pursuit be blessed.